Absolutely. How many of you got that uh, jalapeno? jalapeno? Whoo, set my soul afire. Amen. Could have used some hot sauce on it, but it was good. That was good. I like heat, and that was good. Praise the Lord. We're glad that you're here. I know many visitors are here, and you're an honored guest. We're so glad that you've come, and uh, looking forward to what God might do in our hearts tonight. Uh, we're going to turn to what I'm finding to be one of the more manly passages in the Bible. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to be ready to turn to that passage. If you don't, that's all right. I'll read it from up here, and you can listen in. Uh, but this is going to be uh, maybe a shocker to some of you, uh, a manly passage. You're thinking we're chopping Goliath's head off, right? Proverbs 31 is where I'd like you to go. Proverbs chapter 31. I suppose that probably in every ladies' conference that has ever been done and may be done, that they've turned these ladies to Proverbs chapter 31. It may come as a shock to you, it was to me, the more you study Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31 was written by a man for men. Absolutely. We'll find here in the text that uh, God is reaching out to men by the voice of a man by the name of King Lemuel. Many people, many theologians speculate that he may have been Solomon or some other king. Doesn't really matter so much to us exactly who he was. But the words of the prophecy that his mother taught to him could be a great help to us as men today. And boy, I liked hearing the men saying, don't you like hearing a bunch of men saying, just thrilling. We got enough testosterone in this place to make something good happen. I Listen, praise the Lord for the ladies. They're pretty and they smell well, but... Uh, Man, I like being around some men. So check your feelings at the door. I might be a little bit brunt, blunt and abrupt as we talk to men tonight. Don't, don't get all mamby-pamby with me here. I grew up in farm country. I was raised by a bunch of farmers with calluses and stiff hands. And buddy, you, you get sideways with them and they're going to set you in your place. So just don't be touchy feelings tonight, all right? I mean, get your man on. And we're going to preach tonight a little while about some things men need to know for our generation. And by God's grace, I pray that he shows up and speaks to each one of your hearts. Let's find our place there in Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to read just down to verse number 9. We'll go a little farther into Proverbs uh, 31 here in a moment as well. But let's start here in verse 1. The Bible says, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. What my son, and what the son of my womb. (laughs) My mother was a screamer. I can hear her voice every time I read that passage. What my son, you know. Amen. And what the son of my womb. Oh, what the sum I vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine to those that be of a heavy heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb, and the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, and judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Father, we come before you tonight, and once again we ask for your power. We know, we know by promise of your word that we have your presence here tonight. And these men, what an honor to speak to these men. What power they hold in their being. What authority. What leadership. What a difference this group could make in this country. America needs men. 
Dear God, tonight I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray you'd challenge somebody who's just checking out and abdicating their responsibility in their home and their children or in their church or in their community. Dear God, I pray that you'd show up tonight and help repurpose us, retool us, sharpen us once again, make us an instrument for the threshing. God, let us, let us get the heart of men tonight and walk out of this place with some boldness and some strength of God. Maybe, God, maybe there's somebody here tonight that has never trusted you as their Savior, never really learned what it is to come in contact with the God, the God of eternity. I pray today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, would you move in our midst? Let this message speak to hearts. Let it challenge men. Let it draw us out of our apathy, out of our dis, out of our unmanliness and just bring, bring, bring yourself down to us tonight and strengthen us, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Here in the passage, we find that Lemuel has been taught by his mother. And uh, as, we, as we consider men, you know, men are made from boys. And our society is getting a little bit twisted up and discontorted about what a boy is and what a girl is. But let me tell you something, God has never been confused about what a boy is and what a girl is. In the words of Mr. Rogers, only the boys can be the daddies. <laughs> only the girls can be the mommies. We gotta, we gotta reestablish something here in our country again that America needs men. America needs men who are strong. America needs men that are determined. And we are being, we are being demasculized by the society at large today. It's gonna be, it's high time for some of us just to buck that system. And, uh, and uh, really just man up and step up to the responsibility that God's given us. And you may, not, you may not function as a leader right now in your home. You may not be functioning as a leader in your community. You may not be functioning as a leader among your children, whether they're uh, adult children or just little children. But I guarantee you one thing. God has made you to be a leader. God designed you to lead. God, God puts something in you. God strengthens something in you that your wife doesn't have, that no other woman is supposed to have. God's given you all of this masculinity to use. And we are being sidelined today as men. And some of us, I believe all of us, I'll just say enough's enough. We, we've kind of mamby-pamby to the crowd. We've kowtowed to all the, the opinions of the media and of the society of, at large today. And I'm telling you, here we find right at the beginning the open passage, opening passages of Lemuel's uh, mother's prophecy. And he says, this is the prophecy that his mother taught him. What my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows. Notice that this young man was raised. Yes, I'm sure that there was a man, a father involved in him. But he was raised by a mother who was going to expect something out of him. Notice she, notice she didn't call her son an it, or a they, or a them. Or whatever other silly pro, uh, pronouns we want to attach to people, she called him my son. But my son, and she had something to teach her son. By the way, uh, it's a manly thing for a boy to learn to listen to authority that's been placed over him. Mom or dad. How many boys do we have that are in between 14 and about 16 years old? How many? Raise your hand. You're between 14 and 16 years old. Go ahead and stand up. All you boys that are 14 to 16 years old. All of us, all of us men that are here today, you're 14, 16, I saw my hands in that stand up, wonderful, good, praise God for you, let me just say something, all of us men that are in the room tonight have been where you are right now, and you've gotten to a point where nobody can teach you anything, you don't listen, I know, I've been there, something happens to a boy sometime between 14 to 16 years old, and they don't want to listen, they don't want to hear, I'm teaching loud tonight, because boys are, they need to be taught loud, 
It helps us hear. It's like, hey, listen up here. Got something to teach you. That's how men learn. We learn by noise. And thank God for you, young men. The hope of America rests in your chest. Learn to listen. Learn to listen. I'm proud of every one of you. Good, wonderful boys. Look sharp. You look strong. You look tough. I want you to be. And get something in your heart tonight and hear me. If you've tuned out and listen, you're not listening to parents, you're not listening to authority, then please hear me tonight and let me instill something in you and learn to listen. Thank you for standing, young man. Appreciate that. Go ahead and sit down. Let me say something that one of the greatest things you can do as a man is learn to listen. Open your ears. These young men who just stood, we've all been there. And some of you are too young for hitting that age quite yet, but you're going to hit that stage where you don't want to hear mom, you don't want to hear dad, you just don't listen, you don't quite listen to the details, you missed that part, right? But listen, that's what this, that's what this mother is trying to teach her son here. A Lemuel's mother is saying, what my son? Do you hear how she had to get a hold of her son's attention? What my son? <laughs> Remember times my mother grabbed me by the hair of my head. Anybody else have a mother like that? I mean, grabbed me right by the hair of my head and said, you're listening to me. What, my son? Like, I'm going to get your attention. Sometimes as boys, we need that right here. I want your attention and you're going to hear this. And that's what this woman's saying here. Listen. Well, experience is the best teacher. Experience has never been the best teacher. It may be an efficient teacher, but it's not the best way to learn. It's always been better to learn by the hearing and preaching and teaching of truth. It's always been better to hear. It is not better for you to go in through your life and to not hear the gospel and go to a devil's hell. It's better for you to hear the gospel and listen and learn and be saved than to go out in eternity without Jesus. Experience is not the best. I don't want you to experience hell. I don't want you to experience destruction. I don't want you to experience a, a, a pointless life. I want you to experience what God intended for you, and we find it right here in Proverbs 31. And many of us have skipped right over that chapter, because that's the chapter for the women. No, it's not. Oh, no, 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 no. This isn't teaching how women how to be virtuous. In fact, quite the contrary, down the road a little ways, we're going to see this is teaching a man what to look for in a wife. This is a... This is a man writing to men, and he's trying to reach out to you today. And the first thing he's saying is, lesson number one out of all seven that we learned through here, number one is, learn to listen. Listen. Learn. Watch. Boys learn by example. One of the big failing flaws of our educational system is that it treats boys just like it treats girls and how to learn. But boys don't learn the same way girls do. They just don't. We give accolades and praise to all the smart girls because they can memorize, and boy, they're really quick and witty, and, and we, we, that's the smartest kid in the, in the class. When some of you men, some of you men could barely read when you got out of school, but you could tear an engine down because somebody showed you how to do it. Think about that. You tell me who's smarter. It's not really about, uh, you know, hitting the, hitting the highest score in, in class that really makes somebody intelligent. I'm simply trying to say that boys learn different. We need challenged. We need shown. We need taught. And I'm calling out to you today to be a man, to man up for this generation. America needs you. I'm not just trying to be Uncle Sam up here and call you into the army. I'm trying to call you into being a godly, manly citizen of this country who stands up for something. I mean, who takes a stand for something. Who can handle somebody telling you that they don't agree with what you say. 
and not melt like a cream puff. Who could actually have somebody thumb down you if you are on social media and handle it? (laughs) Write a bad review of you and you don't fall to pieces because somebody didn't like you. That's okay. We're men. We're men. We can handle that. I'm calling out to you something deep in the core of you that is just primal and is, is just God-given in the gut of a man to stand up and be a man for yourself and be a man for your family and for your community and for your God. And that starts by listening, by hearing, by watching. You young men that are in the building tonight, watch your dad, watch your grandpa. When they make a mistake, don't make the same mistake. You know why I never, you know why I never tasted alcohol? I don't even know what it tastes like. I know what the stuff smells like. I don't even know what it tastes like. You know why? First of all, because my dad was a first-generation Christian, got saved, and left the stuff alone after that. Uh, But second of all, because my granddad, who always had a problem with alcoholism, looked at me and held a beer can up one day and said, Don't ever touch this stuff. Now, he messed up in that, but he taught me a lesson and said, Stay away from it. Many of the heartaches he went through, he allowed me to learn from his mistakes. So learn. Listen. That's what this woman's trying to say. Come on, man, let's listen, tune in, and catch what I'm trying to say. What my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows. Let me say this, your mother's got a right to say something to you. Some of you men, she's already gone, isn't she? You wish you could hear her sweet voice again. But mom's already in the grave. For those of you who still have a mother that's alive, she's got the right to say some things to you. She went through the jaws of death to bring you into this world. And if she's got an opinion, you ought to hear it and you ought to give ear to it. She's just a woman. I don't want to hear from a woman. You are you are headed for destruction as a woman and as your mother. She's got some instructions she could give you that would help you greatly in life of what to watch for in a woman. <laughs> yes, sir. What the son of my womb? You realize what it did to her body when she brought you into this world? Messed her up. Lord, be thankful for her. She ought to have a say in your life. And what the son of my vows? Think about Hannah who made a vow to God to attain a son from the Lord. Many a godly woman has made a vow of marriage and commitment to a man. And that's what brought so many of you into this world was a commitment of marriage and brought you into this world. And that woman, because of her vows and because of the work she's done for you, has the right to say some things to you and you ought to listen. Well, she stay. Uh, lesson number one is listen up. Lesson number two is watch for your strength. She says in verse number three, he says, Give not thy strength unto women. Men are supposed to be strong. Praise God for physical strength. There ought to be some moral strength in you as well. God said that the, women, the woman is a weaker vessel. That doesn't make her less important to God. That doesn't make her less valuable to God. But it means that you are expected to carry a heavier load than she does. It means you're supposed to be able to take some things. Bear up under it. I told you about my grandpa who was a drunk. My grandpa also was a German. And boy, when he'd pick on you, if you showed a crack in your armor, if you just started to cry a little bit, buddy, he poured it on then. I mean, there was no mercy with him. I mean, he just, he just, he'd raz you mercilessly. And, uh, and boy, and it was part of just learning to be a man, to handle some things and to be strong. God, we could have some men of strength in this room to make a difference in our country. She said, don't give your strength unto women. Ironic, isn't it, that the strongest man the Bible's ever recorded lost his strength to a woman, a harlot nonetheless. 
She cried to him. You know how she conquered the strongest man? With tears. You don't love me. <laughs> you've, had that, you've had that play pulled on you, haven't you? Before long, you just can't take it anymore. And old Samson, he just, he finally gave in to a woman and gave his strength to a woman. And here we find Lemuel being charged by his mother and he's charging you tonight, don't give your strength unto women. In this sense, keep yourself morally pure. Within the same text, we learn lesson number three. Stay away from that which destroys men. Give not thy strength unto unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Boy, you better listen to your father. You better hearken unto the voice of your mother begat thee uh, and be strong. Listen, don't don't let society demasculize you. Be a man. Be strong. You know, I grew up on, I grew up in farm country. Uh, you know, you know, the only, the only male cow you had to worry about was the bull. I'm mean, a bull's mean. You, you get around a bull, he'll tear you to, he'll tear you to pieces. Stomp you to the ground, shove you around. There's just, there's some aggression and there's some strength in a bull. I want to challenge you this right on the front end of the message as well. Learn to be dangerous. Absolutely. Learn even at times to be violent. Oh, Pastor Wagner, I couldn't do that. Learn to. Learn to defend yourself. Learn to defend a woman. Learn to defend others. Be able to be strong and dangerous and even violent if need to be. Then be a man and learn how to control it. Much, much, by the way, much of... of, uh, Eastern self-defense, karate, and jiu-jitsu, all these other things are learning to be able to do stuff with your hands and then to be able to control it. That's manliness. A man is not a, a, man is not a mouse who can't stand up to anything. He says, well, I'm, I'm just a man. A man is somebody who has the power to do something about it and can control himself. You know, some of my dear friends that were special forces and, and uh, just, I'm talking guys that could kill you with a look if they needed to, uh, but barehanded, you wouldn't want them to get a hold of you. You know what they do if, if, if in the chance of a fight, somebody comes up and threatens them, you know what they'll do? Run. Absolutely. No doubt about it. There, no ego battles. Ego stuff is stupid. Road rage is stupid. You can only lose. But you corner one of those men, you, you, you just go ahead and corner a special ops guy. You corner him and give him no out. You put him in a spot where you're going to hurt somebody he loves, he cares about, or a commission, or something that's been committed to him, and brother, you, you'll be dead before you hit the ground. It's not that they don't have the strength to do it. It's that they know how to control it and what situations to put that strength and that violence and that power into. And there's something, there's something brutal and strong and primal in every one of you. I know it is. I know there is. And I'm trying to call that out of you tonight to instill that and see, be a man. Be a man. Praise God for men. It's men who build America. Men built the roads. Men built the skyscrapers. Men built the bridges. It's men who carry the brunt of the work. I don't care what society wants to say about equal wages and whatever else. I'm telling you, it's men who built stuff. And I'm not saying there aren't some crazy strong ladies out there. But it's men who built the work. God designed them that way. So don't give your strength unto women. Don't forfeit your authority. Don't abdicate your responsibility. Don't give your, don't give your strength to, to, to a heart. Don't give your strength to that which destroyeth kings. Let me tell you something. Pornography has destroyed most of the men of our country. 
Pornography's ruined a lot of men who would be strong that just have no strength because they've given their strength unto women. Pornography will ruin you. It destroys the mind. It mutilates your true sense of, of, of human sexuality. It, it distorts what is good and what is right and what is pure. And, and it, it steals from you. It steals from who God would have to be your partner, your mate in life. Pornography is destructive. And though they didn't have a website to deal with back then, King Lemuel and his mother knew something about things that destroy men and said, don't give your, don't, don't give your strength unto women nor thy ways unto that which destroyeth kings. There's stuff that will destroy you in this life. Drugs will destroy you. Alcohol will destroy you. Immorality will destroy you. You, oh, I'm a man. I oh, look at this. pictures of naked. You aren't a man. That's not a man. If you got any character about you, you'd understand that all those women are daughters of God who created them. And just by, indel- by, by delving into that, you are an offense to God and God's going to judge you. Why your life just can't seem to get together and go forward? Might be you're not being a man the way God intended you to be. God would bless a man. God would strengthen a man. God will do great things for a man. So be a man and don't give your strength unto, the, unto, unto women and don't, don't give your ways into that which destroyeth kings. Stay away from the things that will destroy you. Pride will destroy you. I saw this statistic, heard it the other day, and it broke my heart. Did you know that suicide is the 12th leading cause of death in in our world today. People taking their own life. In 2020, almost 50,000 people were successful in taking their own life. Did you know that at a rate of four times more, men are more successful at committing suicide than women are? There were 1.2 million attempts to kill themselves last year alone. In 2016, 7 out of every 10 suicides were men. And the vast majority of them are middle-aged white men. Taking their own life. Brother Shock getting so discouraged with themselves, getting so disappointed at the failures of their life, not accomplishing what God designed them for, giving their strength away to women, and that which destroyeth kings, and getting to the point where they think, I'm better off dead than alive. And though God would give them life, and God would give them victory, and God would give them power and blessing, they choose to take their own life. That's heartbreaking to me. That ought to never happen. You ought not be so downcast that you take your own life, and yet time after time after time, men who ought to be leaders are committing suicide. And who knows, but what it's not just some of the pressure that society is putting on men. Taking away their right and their responsibility where they're the butt end of every joke on, on, on daytime television. The father is a joke in, in daytime television. And, and we are, we are uh, demasculated. We are told to just quiet down and, and, and don't mansplain. <laughs> hey. Don't you let that criticism bring you to the point that you abdicate your responsibility as man and get so depressed and so downhearted that you can't, you can't keep going and you've got to take your own life. That mindset will destroy kings and you are a king. He says, well, I don't have, I'm not a king, pastor. I have no crown. No, the, the, the phrase king refers to the fact that you have something that you're ruling over. 
God expects you to rule over your own self, if nothing else. Your wife, if God's given you one. Your children, if God's entrusted you with them. Your, your community as well. You've been given responsibilities. And a man that is a happy man is usually a man who's got responsibilities and does well with what he's been given and is appreciated for what he's done. And yet we've got at four times more than the women. You tell me women are an emotional mess? And at four times the rate we're killing ourselves? Come on, guys. Let's, I don't know who I'm saying this for. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight. But if you're at the point where you're so disappointed that you're ready to take your own life, let's be a man and step up to the role God's asked you to do, and you'll find victory and help and strength in God. Amen. That's point number four, be a king. Be a king. Take a role of responsibility. Maybe for you that's something to do in the church. Be a king. Do it nobly. Watch this. He said, uh, It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and freak the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink to them that are ready to perish, and wine to those that be of, a heavy, of heavy hearts. Let them drink and forgive poverty, and remember his misery no more. You know what the Bible's trying to say there? You gotta use alcohol to function, you're a miserable person. I've lived 43 years without a drop of alcohol, haven't needed to be able to function. Isn't that incredible? Uh, the police officers I've pastored, they said the most dangerous call they'll go on is a domestic violence call. You know what the majority of the domestic violence calls they go on are involved with? Alcohol. In almost every case when they show up to a domestic violence situation, alcohol is involved and it is that which destroyeth kings and be a king. And a king's got better responsibility than sucking on a bottle of booze. I'll say it. And I'm sick and tired. People step up in pulpits trying to explain away why it's okay to drink alcohol. It's not okay to drink alcohol. In fact, the Bible says, don't even look at the stuff when it turneth itself aright. It destroys kings. I drove for a short time when I became the pastor out at Hannahstown Road Baptist Church in Butler, Pennsylvania. And I drove bus for a little while. And when I was driving bus, they said, now, uh, Mr. Wagner, they said, the, uh, the, the care of these children on a bus is too dear to us. You've been entrusted with too great a treasure. And we expect you, when you drive that bus, to have zero alcohol in your system. You're in too important of a role. It is necessary that you are engaged and involved and attentive and alert. And you should have zero alcohol at random. We're going to test you to make sure that you have no alcohol in your system at all. And if you do, we'll fire you on the spot. That's just to drive kids to school, man. God's calling you to be a king, a priest unto God. Listen, if a guy's coming to do brain surgery on your head, how tipsy do you want him to be? Got right about there. No, you're gonna you're gonna root around in my head with a stick, brother. You better be sober. I want you cutting the wrong nerve. You don't want somebody operating on you that's drunk. And God's given you a job to do. You're on call. You're, in, you're on duty. God expects you to be alert and attentive. And he's calling you to something greater. So be a king. Don't give your ways to that which destroyeth kings. Be a king. Be attentive. You don't know at what point your family needs you to stand up and defend them. And there you are slobbering drunk. 
You don't know at what point as a man you're going to have to step up to your obligation. Could be in the middle of the night, could be at 12 o'clock, could be at 3 in the morning. And you're, you're expected to step up and be a man. And there you are with a hangover and you can't even think straight. That's not, that's not noble kingdom. You'd have a hard time respecting a man like that. So don't be that man. Let's, let's learn the lesson here that, that, that King Lemuel's mother has taught him and now he's trying to teach us be a king. Be a king. Leave that stuff alone. Don't drink it. Fifth, if she says, and he says to you, speak up for those who can't defend themselves. You know what a man does? A man defends others. God, well, God can count on a man to defend the people he's entrusted with. You have some thief come in in the middle of the night, and it'll be a man that'll step up and say, you ain't coming in this house. You know, it's ironic in the uh, hunter-gatherer cultures of the world. All around the world, you find this, that when men would go out and hunt and they bring food back in for the family, whether it's into a cave or into the tent or wherever they come, they come bringing some mastodon back into camp. They would eat first. Do you know that men ate first before the ladies ate in those cultures? You know why that was? They'd be fit and strong and ready to defend the family. They ate first. But if a big old bear came in or something, some enemy came to the camp to do harm to the family, you know who gave his life first? A man. He didn't call on the woman to do it. Honey, go see what that sound was. <laughs> the man stepped up and did it. And I'm trying to say that you ought to, you ought to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. Defend the poor. Step up for somebody who doesn't have a voice. And defend those that need your help. That's a man. Men do that. You don't mock at the poor. You don't mock at people who can't help themselves. We don't, as men, we don't look down our nose at somebody and see them in a hard time. We step up and try to help them. There's some guy, and maybe you don't, like me, you don't agree with drinking alcohol, but there's some drunk he can't stand up. Go be a man and defend him and help him get his life together. Don't laugh at him and mock at him. Go help him. Some guy stoned on drugs and he, it tracks all over his arms from shooting up bugs. Go be a man and help him defend him. He needs somebody to come along his side and speak some truth into his life and love him and care about him and strengthen him. Be a man. That's what he's trying to say here. Speak up for the poor and those that are, those that are destined for death. You speak up for them. You know somebody right now. You know somebody right now that you could help out and God expects you to be a man and help them. Amen. Be a defender. Be a defender. That's part of what I said. Be, learn to be violent if you have to. Learn to be able to defend and then control that strength and be a man. He says not only uh, that we, we need to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves, the poor and children and women. And no, it is not manly to hit a woman. They're a wimp. Just smack your wife around. I heard one man say, any man that hit a woman is cheaper than dirt. Another guy said, well, if I was married to some of these women, I'd just be cheaper than dirt. <laughs> But any man who hit a woman is cheaper than dirt. Any man who abuses a child is cheaper than dirt. Don't be cheaper than dirt. Defend them. Make something out of your life. Be a man. Absolutely. God's given you a job, so open your mouth. You know what we could use in this culture right now? Some men who open their mouth. We've got this idea to be manly is to stand there and be a strong, silent type, Right? Don't say anything, just be quiet, don't give your opinion. While everybody else in the world's given their opinion, come on man, let's give our opinion. Open your mouth. Open your mouth for right. Open your mouth for truth. That means you're gonna have to learn truth, but open your mouth. Speak up, be a man. Know, know what to say and then say it with boldness. Just speak. 
What if, what if the men in this building, look at all of you, all around, what if these men went into this community and started speaking truth? We'd flip the world upside down for good. We'd stop a lot of this foolishness that's being talked about. I mean, you just stop it. <laughs> no, that's not right. That's not true. Here's what truth is. And say it like a man. Open your mouth. Twice she said it, verse 8 and verse 9. Open thy mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such as are pointed into death. Open thy mouth and judge righteously. Plead the cause of the poor and needy. Two more points I want to show you. Not only speak up for those who can't defend themselves, be a defense. But verse, uh, but, but sixth, uh, find the virtuous woman. Look in verse number 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Virtuous woman is described, and we don't have time to go into all of that. You ought to take some time in Proverbs 31 to see what kind of a... You, you boys have not yet been married yet. Uh, you're, you're here maybe thinking about a gal and thinking about uh, a wife someday, and praise God, I'm glad you're looking at the girls. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, hey, I'm good. I'm good with that. But boy, you better look for the right kind of woman. You know this, the average 18, 19, 20-year-old, 21-year-old doesn't even know what questions to ask a woman. <laughs> What's your favorite chocolate? All women have a favorite chocolate. That doesn't tell you if she's virtuous. What's your favorite color? They all have a favorite color, even the bad ones. That's not the question to ask. I'm not wrong. It's not wrong to know what she likes, but that's not a question to ask. What you're interested in a girl, find out if she's got some character about her. Find out what kind of girl she is. Oh, you're pretty. Beauty's deeper than that, brother. When the bungee straps break and everything starts going to haywire, and I mean, it, it takes, these, takes a lot of these girls a long time to get looking that good. Then we're going to find out whether you love her or not. <laughs> when your hair's a little more like linoleum, brother, we're going to find out what love really is like. <clears throat> Learn what questions to ask. Why don't you call her pastor up and find out what he thinks about her? Hmm. Why don't you check into what her mother's like? Because she might end up a lot like her mother. <laughs> Mom doesn't know how to cook and clean. There's a good chance the gal won't know how to cook and clean. And some of you guys finding a wife in a bar trying to figure out why you can't find a good woman. She doesn't go to bars. Hello. You're looking in the right place to find a virtuous woman. And you've got to go through quite a few of them. It's probably going to be the first one you find that's a virtuous woman and find out. See, see, this is not teaching a young woman how to be a virtuous woman. This is teaching a young man what to look for in a wife. Who can find her? By the way, you're supposed to find her. She's supposed to be found by you. <laughs> One man said, my wife just kept asking and asking and asking and asking. Finally said, fine, I'll marry you. <laughs> hey, you're supposed to be going to look for her. What are you looking for in a wife and a spouse and a mate, young men? So find a virtuous woman. You'll be able to trust her. You'll be able to trust her. One poor fellow boy I was with him. And uh, his wife called him accidentally, you know, a pocket dial. She was out with another man. He picked up the phone, and he's listening to her, kissy-facing on that guy. And when she came home, she said, oh, so you, you were sold? She said, who told you? Who told you? He said, you told me. He trusted her, but he didn't safely trust her. A virtuous woman you can trust safely. She'll do good for her husband and not evil all the days of his life. But he's the kind of man that... That's worthy of such a treatment. Some of you men want a woman to be faithful to you, but you don't want to be faithful with your eyes to every other woman. Looking longingly at every other 
I grew up in horse country, and a horse will neigh after every other horse goes by. And God said something you just like that. You're like a horse neighing after every other man's wife. Get, hey, keep your eyes on your own fries and get your wife and love her and care about her. You want her to be faithful, you be faithful. You be a man of character. Amen. Amen. Who can find a virtuous woman? Go find, find the virtuous woman. You'll be able to trust her. Favors deceitful beauty is vain, but a woman uh, who feareth the Lord, she's be praised. Find a woman that fears the Lord. And then last, let's see this. He'll be known in the gates. Look in verse, uh, verse 23. This is about the man of Proverbs 31. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. He's a leader. He's a leader. Lead your home. Lead your children. Be a leader in your church. Pastor Mitchell is the leader of this church in a sense. He is under God who is the head of the church. Pastor Mitchell is, is the head of the church. But this church needs some men who lead. Who take on responsibilities. Figure out how to get the job done. And, and get to it. Where, maybe this isn't your home church. Your church needs men who will lead. Step up and be leaders in your community. He sits in the gate. You know what that means? He, uh, the elders sat in the gate and they talked about important business. And that's not the Super Bowl, guys. Who's going to bounce a basketball and throw it through the hoop? They talk moral issues, decisions and responsibilities, and who's going to fix this, and who's going to take care of that, who'll take care of this job. And men will stand up and say, well, I'll do that. I'll take care of that. I'll, I'll check in on that. I'll be, I'll be responsible for that. And boy, we need some men today who are known the gates. Does your church know about you? They know your name. Are you a leader in the church? Be one. Be known in the gates. You want a virtuous woman? Be a virtuous man. Be a man who leads. Be a man who takes charge and does something with his life. And, and I'm going to conclude with this. Be a, be just, not only just be a man, but be a man of God. Please hear me for just a few moments. God forbid, but if Jesus were to come back right now or your heart were to stop beating, there are a lot of guys in this church, in this building right now. <clears throat> you know it and God knows it. You'd be out into eternity in a devil's hell. Part of that's because you've got sin in your life that you know about, God knows about, maybe no other man in this room knows about. You go to a godless hell because you're a sinner and lost without God. And I'm going to make a plea to you that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Buddha can't help you. Muhammad won't save you. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And God wants every man to have a relationship with him. You know what will build a man? man? Relationship with the right kind of men. I have men who have trained me and loved me through my life. They've rebuked me. They have, they have corrected me. Those big, strong farmer hands, sometimes they've, they've really corrected me. Like, you're not going to do that. That's foolish. And I thank God for those men. I had the right kind of relationship with them. I want to say to you, have the right kind of relationship with men. And the greatest man you can have a relationship with is God himself. He's reaching out to you. He loves you. Loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you. And when he died on that cross, he was a man. He wasn't this long-haired, hippie, sissy man that everybody protects Jesus to be. He was a man. He took upon him the weight of your sin. Every awful thing you've ever done, Jesus became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And you might think religion, church, is for the ladies and the old people and those, those men who just limp-wristed, but I'm telling you, true Christianity is for men. It takes character to be a Christian. Hey, it's free to get saved. 
But I'm telling you, it takes some character, and you're going to have to make some determination and be a man if you're going to follow Jesus, because he was a man. God's calling you to be a man and trust in Jesus today. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, God wants you to be a leader who could lead others to Christ. Get to know him. All of us are sinners. None of us come to salvation by our righteous works. We're all sinners. The only way to be saved is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ who died for your soul. Be a man of God. Do you know God? The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never had a time in your life you've called upon God, then his ear is open unto your cry. And the Bible says there's a judgment day coming when he's going to resurrect everybody from the dead. First a first resurrection and then a second resurrection to be brought before the great white throne and the books will be opened and every one of us will be judged out of the things written in those books. And the Bible says every idle word that man shall speak he should give account thereof in the day of judgment. And if you're like me, that ought to bring a big uh-oh in your heart. God's going to bring up what? Everything you've ever done, everything you've ever thought, everything you've ever said, God's going to bring it up on judgment day. The Bible says he's going to judge out of the things written in this book, and this book condemns you as a sinner. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son hath not life, and the wrath of God abides on him. And some of you are sitting here tonight with the wrath of God abiding on you, and God wants to take that wrath off you and put in its place his righteousness. And there's no money involved in this. It's just faith. It's just call upon him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I'm going to tell you, that's, that's the way to be saved. Repent of your sins. Call upon God. There are men here who'd love to show you. Make for sure that you know that you know that you... Not that you hope you're saved. Not that you think you're saved. Not that you think... You got baptized when you were a little kid. But that you called upon God and you know him. Call upon God tonight if you don't know him. I'm, I'm making a plea to you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Be a man. Be a man of God. Let's stand our feet with our heads.